0: Table, midwives of culture for grace and truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by black women and for black women. So welcome to the table, see. How you doing, girl? I am doing. I am doing all the things.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm doing. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> In the land of COVID, we are doing all of the things, okay? <laughs> We are pivoting. We are we are wearing all oh. the hats, okay, including it, the church mother it hat. It, it, it <laughs> so. a, a pivot. we are po- we are popping we are, and locking. We are break dancing.
1: We are doing a lot. Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing. You're right. right. Now. We are That's popping what I'm and doing. dancing. We are shouting. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to be doing with you. How about that?
1: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Because crazy loves company. Yeah, oh yes. I'm
0: always, always. <laughs> so, and y'all you 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 know You don't hear Michelle at the table, y'all. So that means that we have an interview um, and we have another behind the book episode because y'all going to get these books, okay? We we are in a pandemic and y'all just going to get these books. So um, I am so excited about this episode. This is a behind the book episode, The 28 Day Prayer Journey with Crystal Evans Hurst. Welcome to the table, Crystal. Hey, thanks for having me here. We are happy to have you. And y'all, just in case you don't know who Crystal Evans Hurst is, let me tell you a little Mm -hmm. something about her. Crystal Evans Hurst is the best-selling author of She's Still There and co-author of Kingdom Woman with her father, Dr. Tony Evans. She reaches millions of women's Every year, speaking at conferences, sharing on her blog and podcast, writing for Proverbs 31 Ministries, and teaching and leading women in her home church. In addition to her work in ministry, Crystal works at home as a COO, Chief Operating Officer of the Hearst Household, cultivating hearts and commanding chaos. She is a mother of five and homeschools three boys around the kitchen table while hugging two adult girls, a son in love, and two grandchildren every chance she gets. Crystal is grateful to share her life with her husband, Jesse. Keep up with Crystal and her journey at com. Welcome to the table,
2: Crystal. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here.
0: Thank you so much for joining us you know um as I was saying earlier, I was telling Christina that you know we we actually have been getting some requests about uh prayer resources and prayer. We had our our Juneteenth prayer event back in, well on Juneteenth it's june and um and people were like, well." I, I've been w- rewatching, you know, your prayer video because I, it, because it's been so edifying and helpful. Uh, but I would love to have some resources. And so when you reached out to us about your book, we were like, yes, please come to the table and talk to us about the prayer journey, 28 day prayer journey. So Crystal, before we even dive into your book, can you talk to us about your own faith journey? Uh, as a PK, the daughter of a prominent pastor, what was that like coming to faith in the Lord um, and in that context?
2: Well, you know, I think that um, I, when I, whenever I hear stories about PKs, I'm always offended because I'm like, that's not all of us. <laughs> the PKs, the kids that go buck wild and they, you know, they may or may right. not reject the faith and they're zero to 60. Like they're, either super, super all the way in church or they're, you know, they're all the way rejecting. And I just, um, and I, I am by nature um, a questioner, I'm probably slightly rebellious, but I, <laughs> um, I always was um, desirous of... Being the good girl, and by that I mean, I was the typical firstborn, straight A student. All my teachers mm-hmm. were like, you know, Crystal's super smart, and all these different things. Um, I don't remember um, a, making a choice to receive Jesus Christ as my personal savior because mm. um, I'm told I was five. But I do remember all the years under the, and I went to a Christian school um, until I was in the eighth grade, and so every chapel, every Friday, and it was. Um, a school that was oriented. I think the church was a Baptist church. So every chapel, you know, I'm hearing hellfire and brimstone. And I have <laughs> written down in my Bible, um, you know, the the multiplicity of times I had to recommit. You know, read let me recommit. <laughs> let me read let me make sure. You know, because I don't want to end up in Hades. So let me make sure, you know, that I'm that I'm safe. So I do recall that. And I do recall um, you know, wanting to figure out um what it meant for me to know Jesus, and I have, you know, there there are points in time, uh, there are points in time where I recall feeling like my faith was my own, deeply, mm. deeply. But I also know that there is sometimes for people who have been in church their whole life, um, the inability to separate their tradition of church and their, of their upbringing, um, you know, just just like anybody would when they have deep religious roots, deep faith roots. Right. <clears throat> from their personal experience. And so, you know, I think we all go through that if we've been raised in um, church um, to mm-hmm. figure out as we grow older, you know, how, what But what does this mean I do? What does this mean I believe? What does this mean I attach to? So I've been through that. Mm-hmm. And if I'm truly honest, I, I think I will forever be going through that because of my makeup, which is to understand. So when you fast forward to um, this January, this December, rolling into 2020, When we lost our mom, you know, even then I'm like, you know, okay, God, (laughs) I hope you're real. I mean, I hope (laughs) I hope that everything Mm -hmm. that my parents have believed that they've taught us, that I believe that we've adopted, that we've operated in, that it's real. Because, you know, for everything Mm -hmm. that every person would say about the process of death, I'm thinking there's a medical explanation for that. Like this, you know, like my brain, you know, when when people start talking about um you know somebody you know seeing heaven and and their experience their spiritual experiences my brain says mhm you know that's called a hallucination when they're on pain meds you know like i'm, I'm my mm. brain starts doing all these things and so I've always been, as a PK, the person with the questions. Are you sure this makes sense? Are you sure this is real? How do you know? Well, if this person believes Jesus and you believe Jesus, why do y'all disagree about these fundamental principles? I mean, I literally told my dad I did not want to go to seminary ever because I watched him, this is, you know, Mm -hmm. 25 years ago, 30 years ago, but I watched him and John MacArthur in our home have these debates about stuff. And I was like, I want no part of that. I just want to love Jesus. I want to like, you know, and and they were having friendly debates, but they had, you know, different, different positions on different things. And I just remember thinking if two really smart men who have been to school forever, who both love Jesus and love their people, if they can't see, you know, eye to eye about things that to me are very important, I don't want to go to seminary. I just want to love Jesus (laughs) and love people. You know, and of course, I ate those words. I've been in seminary, but the point is, <laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't finished yet. But I've been. But the point is, I think the whole time I've been trying to make my journey my own and not do it because my daddy did it. I do want to honor, and I believe that I'm very blessed to have had and to continue to have a strong spiritual heritage going back to grandparents and knowing that they made choices for their family that set the stage for my parents to make choices for theirs, that set the stage for me to make choices for mine. I'm not starting from ground zero. But as a pastor's kid, I didn't resent it. Um, I didn't have a hard time being a pastor's kid. People always would say, what was it like to have Tony Evans as your dad? Tony Evans was my dad. That's my answer. I didn't have to deal with a different person in the pulpit than the person who sat at home. Um, He was always a man of integrity, still is. And so because I didn't deal with asynchronous behavior, um, Mm -hmm. it wasn't hard for me to believe that the Jesus that he was serving and that he was encouraging us to serve was worth serving because the fruits of his life to me were born out of his choices to serve God with a whole heart. So my heart has always been to, um, to figure things out for myself, but to never stray far away. And there have been times where Jesus, especially in the darkest times, was mine, all mine. I didn't care um, what other people thought and would not have believed in a million years if somebody said that he wasn't real because he was so real to me. And those no. the depths of those realest times were in the depths of difficult, difficult moments. <clears throat> Even in the passing of my mom, my ability to drive in my car and scream mm-hmm. and say, you got this wrong you know and where are you and if something if everything in life that we do is supposed to be for your glory how could our prayers the prayers of our church the prayers of thousands of people in this nation and of thousands and thousands of people around the world where were you if you didn't hear that mm. like what 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 kind of God would give us the hope which we had mm. so many opportunities to have renewed hope and then you still took her As I and I, I told him I said listen this is how I talked to God <clears throat> I said listen you're God, you don't owe me anything. Howsomever, It would be a gift to me if in the next year or in the next 10 you showed me why. Why the timing, why it was time to take her. I would that would be a, a buoy and a strength for my faith to go, oh, I see what happened that never would have happened if she was still here. Like I mm-hmm. I would love for you to show me that until you do. I mean, you're all I know. I mean, this is what I have to tell them. You're all I know. And if I jumped off and started doing something else, or stopped not believing in you, I would be trading my own faith because this is what I believe deeply. But I need to, i need you to understand right now. I don't get you. I don't get you. Mm-hmm. And the kind of relationship <clears throat> that I have with God, which is I say what I got to say, <laughs> always remembering that He is God. But I'm—but I'm remembering that He is not anything I say to Him. I'm not surprising Him, and He has probably heard it before, <laughs> and He can handle it. Come on, and um. And that is kind of the crux of my whole journey of faith. I, I got pregnant in college. So everybody goes, oh, there you go. You wild out. Actually, no, I just <laughs> I just had dated the same guy for five years. It wasn't love. I mean, it, was like, it wasn't like I went to college and went buck wild. I just, hmm. you know, just fell out one day because, you know, because that's what you do when you're in love if you're not careful. So I just, um, so I did that. I did have that experience. But even in that experience, God was so near to me. He was so near to me. And I felt his love when I felt other people's judgment. So mm. I think a large part of that though is that my um, my parents, particularly my dad, has consistently mo- modeled a father's love for me. So it's not hard, it's not a far reach for me to see how God can love me. just told my dad last week um, we were making fun of me How as a teenager. I mean, he had to listen to me for hours because I'm a, I'm a processor, I need to process through things and i said you know thank you for listening to me i said i think the reason why i don't have a problem believing that god listens to me is because you listen to me and it doesn't makes it easy for me to understand that that's the kind of god that he is so i i am grateful for that but my own faith journey has been me going on the ins and the outs with god coming back to god and trusting that he actually is there for me um even when i'm wrestling and that's yeah. the kind of believer i've been a wrestling questioning Please make this make sense to me, God, kind of believer.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. I so, I so, I so picture I so appreciate that, that word picture, that imagery of, of a wrestling believer, just wrestling, wrestling, and returning back to the source, right. And so you know, I know quite often you know our, our pain, our hurt, our bitterness, our frustration can actually turn us away. But I think what you're sharing is this model of turning to God with our anger, even our anger towards God's very decisions, um, God disappointing us and letting us down, and so just modeling that is so important. And it, and I think that I think that can help to enliven our prayers to know that they don't have to be um, the prayers itself don't have to be prettied up or or purified. That the blood of Jesus at work doing those things. Um, So you 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 wrote this book on prayer, and I. I don't I imagine that you have gotten this question before crystal from other people about what do you, what do your prayer practices your 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 disciplines around prayer look like it's one of those i think um maybe early and late Christian questions that people have about what does your study look like what does your prayer life look like and and I'm curious about what what does that look like for you and how it has changed over time
2: well you know I think that I have um always come to God like a I mean, one of my earliest memories is laying on the edge of the bed in the first home that I remember. So I couldn't have been more than, you know, six, seven, eight years old. And I was leaning over the edge with my face pointed towards the floor and I was talking to the devil. And I said, listen, I know you didn't mean it, but you know, I'm going to talk to God for you and see if he'll give you a second chance because everybody should get a second chance. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And then I flipped over and faced the ceiling and said, God, now, I know that the devil did not do what he was supposed to do, but you've given everybody a second chance. So I'm just asking you to give him a second chance. So at an early age, I just remember, like, I can have a conversation with you about anything. <laughs> um, mm. And so that has been my prayer life, is talking to God about everything. In the sixth grade, I had a year where I was really lonely, kind of awkward. I remember being on the playground sometimes by myself, but I had this journal so I have journals dating back to the sixth grade where many of those journaling um, musings were prayers, me talking to God. Uh, I remember sitting in class, staring out the window silently, talking to God. That was my, my earliest, darkest season, just feeling alone. And um, when you fast forward to um, being pregnant, that was a difficult season. And talking to God looked a lot the same. Here's what I've learned over the years about talking to God. It's an it's best when it's an as you go experience, the Bible does tell us that, right? Pray without ceasing, First Thessalonians. Um, but what does that actually mean? Another way to say that is it's an as you go experience. Mm. Anything that you would do if you're dating a guy and having had that experience a few times, I know they just, you talk to them all day long. You know, like you're sitting at work, they send you a text, you send them a text, you know, then, you know, the crazy, boss leaves your office and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, calm me down before I pop off right now. <laughs> it was like, But that conversation with this guy you're dating is kind of a, you know, ongoing, maybe before you go to work, after work, in the evening, you might watch a show together. It is a, the lines of communication are always open. And so when you operate in your relationship with God that way, which is how I've learned to do it unintentionally, because I would find myself in seasons where, because I believe that I could talk to him about anything, saying anything at any time. And that's been my track record with prayer is that I Mm -hmm. just talk to God anytime about anything. The key is to remembering to do that when life is not troublesome. Because when life is hard, oh yeah, you got a lot to say to God about what you want him to do to fix your situation. And every time you feel the pain of that situation, that pain is a reminder. It's kind of like, you know, as a believer, if you choose to fast, And the whole point of fasting is you're replacing something physical with something you need spiritually. And then every time you feel a hunger pain, that reminds you, I'm choosing not to eat. Oh, I'm supposed to pray. Well, pain is like that. Pain reminds you to pray. When you're not feeling pain, though, what does it look like for you to keep the lines of communication open? And so that has been my challenge. Um, I have no problem praying through pain. My challenge is when stuff is good you know, remembering to keep the lines of communication open then. Mm. And, um, you know, and that's, that's where I say out of all the kids, you know, I always joke and it's not funny, but it is funny to be sometimes <laughs> I'm always like, okay, I'm the one that got pregnant. So they, they already know I'm the one who struggles a little bit. So I can say without feeling like I'm uncovering something. So y'all, here's the deal. You know, I, <laughs> the last time I talked to God was last week. You know what I mean? I could say that. And for whatever reason, I feel the freedom to say whatever. Because it's already obvious that I'm the one in some way or another struggled, and so that's kind of where I am with prayer right now. It's saying, "Listen, I have no problem talking to God, no problem at all, but talking to God consistently, keeping the lines of communication open when there's no pain point as a reminder. That's where I'm learning to be more disciplined, mm. and that's where, as I learn to be more disciplined, I've been wanting to share what I'm learning about that about that journey.
0: That is beautiful that you're letting people into um, in, into even just your own. Evolution, you know, of of your yeah. own prayer, and it so it's a, a true journey uh, that you're you, that you you are on, and that you are also taking um, your readers, right, your readers on along with you. Um, we are going to pause for a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about uh, why this book. Uh, why the importance of prayer and and all of that good stuff that is just so important and and vital for our own prayer life? So stay tuned. We will be right back.
2: Are y'all on Patreon.com yet? We hope you are, because if so, you already know about all of the things that Truth Table offers
0: to our patrons things like extended interviews, kind of behind the podcast, especially getting to know some of our guests. We have exclusive content from Truth Table Live and we give discounts. And before other people find out about our specials, you'll hear about them. So go on over to patreon.com slash truthstable and sign up to become a monthly supporter today. We are back at the table with Crystal Evans Hearst. Uh Crystal, you know, I you were talking about your your own prayer journey and just how you, you know, you talked, you know, talk to God at um, you know, just just at any point and any time, and and how you're um, also learning to develop and talking to God in the good times, right? I think that's that's a struggle. I think for many of us, right, when we're when we're down at the bottom, we are crying out, and then when we get to the mountaintop, it's like, oh, thanks, God, see you later, <laughs> um, <laughs> right? That's that's the problem. Um, I'm curious about uh, we just there's so much going on. Um, in the world and um, in your own life personally, and and people are uh, suffering right now uh, with COVID-19 and um, the death toll of over 170,000 people who have mm-hmm. perished, right, um, under this pandemic. And I'm I'm curious about the timing of this book and why you thought it was important for you to write this book now.
2: Well, here's the thing. I didn't write it now. So mm. because I am... Um, always thinking, how can I help people? That's one of my wirings. How can I take what I'm learning, what I've learned and share it or what I'm working through and be honest and right. authentic through that. So four years ago, five years ago, I was like, I'm not, Priscilla was in War Room. So my sister Priscilla was in the movie War Room. Mm, yes. She released a book called Fervent. And in the beginning of that book, she dedicated she dedicated it to my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was a woman of prayer. And that had me thinking a lot about my grandmother because she had just recently passed by the time all the movie stuff came out. And she had a spiral notebook and she would write down what you she was praying for you about. And um, one time I remember my grandmother saying to me, um, you know, how's this? Thing going, you know, in your home or whatever. And I said, Oh, no, that's, that's done. That's, that's good. Thank you so much for praying. And she said, You have to tell me when the prayers have been answered because I need, I'm still praying for them unless you tell me that the prayers have been answered. Right. (laughs) And I thought, you know, I need to do better. Like I need to do better as being a person who is consistently praying, is praying for people when I said I would. And then I keep praying until I know that God has answered. That's the kind of person I want to be. But I'm not, I'm not consistently showing up in prayer. And so I said, If I tell the I'll pray for 28 days, then I will pray for 28 days because that will be my built-in accountability. So back when Instagram was chronological, I said, hey, I'm (laughs) going to go on the 28-day prayer journey and I'm going to post these prayers. I'm going to do it six times a day. So that way, if you log on and you run into this post, it'll remind you to pray. I want to do one early morning, mid-morning, around lunchtime, uh, afternoon, evening, and bedtime and I'm going to post these prayers. And as I pray and share these prayers, and hopefully that will encourage you too. And the goal was, can I be consistent for 28 days Mm -hmm. you know, to pray? Mm -hmm. And so that was that. And then it was over. And then people said, hey, can we do it again? I was like, that was a long time. Let me do seven days. And then I put it in a little ebook and then I made it a free download. And then years later, my publisher said, Hey, you know, that prayer journey that you did, do you think that that'd that be something you'd want to turn into a book? Now we okay. actually had, I actually self-published it because so many people, people kept asking me for it. So when I would go speak, I put it on my table. People loved it. So my publisher said, let's let's just like share that a little more broad than that. So my writing of the book, which I didn't realize I had enough words for the book. I was just spinning out content on Instagram, right? I had to go back and pull ah. all this stuff down. The goal was. Let me help myself, <laughs> mm-hmm. and if I'm helping myself, let me help other people, and so that's kind of what this book is. It's just the same thing I did a few years ago in a in a book form that I can share in a different way. Wow, that's good. Wow, and I so I couldn't have t- I couldn't have timed it better. I helpful. mean, I feel like. <laughs> you know covid-19 is either a horrible time for whatever you planned or a great time for whatever you planned, and i didn't even plan it so i just think that right now i think a lot there's a resurgence of focus on faith developing faith mm. for people who are believers to go i shouldn't i should not leave this covid-19 ni- you know covid uh 19 season the same in my faith walk as I did going into it, mm-hmm. because there's right. been a too much of a reminder that life is, is brief. Mm. There's been too much of a reminder that there are things I can't control. Mm. There's too much of a reminder that if I don't get about the business that God has for mm-hmm. me, then I don't want to realize later that I wasted my time. Come and I on. think right. people have either gotten busier doing COVID-19, doing what they knew the whole time they should have been doing or they have been startled awake to start doing the things that all along they should have been because they don't want to leave this season the same. And I think communicating with God is one way in which none of us Mm. should be the same after this mess. Uh, Mess indeed.
1: Yes. That's, I mean, I, yeah. Say all that, Crystal, say it all. You know, the other, (laughs) the other piece that you just mentioned about your grandmother and, you know kind of basically basically this receipts prayer journal that she had going on in her life and she was like listen i'm still praying these prayers for you and um and Kimberly knows I'll talk about you know you know brushing off dusty prayers prayers that you've been praying a long time or you you've put on the shelf and have, and have just kind of disregarded but i i'm curious about what 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 wisdom and what you, what you have kind of developed over time as a way to stay committed to um Yeah. Prayers that seem dusty or out of reach, you know, just to maybe to encourage someone who's been praying um, the same prayer or some version of it, knocking at the door of heaven for a really, really long time. Uh, You know, what, what would you, what would you offer uh, to our sisters who are listening right now and who are praying um, and who, who feel, feel quite stuck, or that prayer seems so, so uh, far off for them.
2: Yeah, I, I, I get that. And I think that, um, if it's still a desire, keep asking. I think that's the that's the only thing to say. If it's still a desire, keep asking. If it's still important to you until he says no, keep asking. Um, the Bible says that when you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so I believe that God is always saying yes. And if his yes is a no, it's because there's another yes and so when you decide and that's the part that requires decision the the decision for your faith when you decide um to believe that Romans 20 828 is true that um you know god is always working everything out for the good of those who who love him um then you have to say okay if i'm asking for something and he has not answered or or he doesn't say yes then it's because he's saying another yes um you know second Corinthians says, in Jesus, we hear a resounding yes to all of God's many promises. And this is the reason we say amen to and through Jesus when giving glory to God, because everything in him is yes. The A person doesn't send their only kid to be brutally murdered for other kids' benefit and then stop being good all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, if you think about that, God sent his only son to be murdered so that you and I could have communication with him. So if you're communicating with him and you're asking him for something and he's saying, no, it's not because he's all of a sudden decided to be a no kind of God. So I know that that doesn't help when you're like, but I've been asking for this forever (laughs) and God is just silent or it appears that he's not answering this prayer. But um, there's something about persistent prayer. uh, And the Bible talks about in Luke 18, you know, a widow who came and uh, asked the judge repeatedly, give me justice in this dispute that I have with my enemy. And the judge ignored her for a while. Finally, he said, I don't, you know, this judge wasn't even a righteous judge. I don't fear God and I don't care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. So I'm going to give her justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. And then the Lord says in that passage, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Uh, Don't you think God will give justice to his people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? And so I just want to encourage you to keep praying. But with that prayer, to tell yourself when you get discouraged that the answer isn't coming, that God is always saying yes. And it may be that my prayer needs to intersect with his right timing. It may be my prayer has to intersect with me being the right person, being fully developed and prepared for the thing that I'm asking him for. It may need to intersect with something else he knows is happening that I have no knowledge of. And if you think about this as a parent. So my kids right now, the three boys are at home. Video games are a problem. It just, it just is. I just Mm banned them last night. I just said, don't ask me anymore, ever. If I Mm -hmm. want you to play video games, I will let you know. They were all looking at me like she's lost it. I'm just so sick of it. I'm (laughs) sick of it being on. I'm sick of the noise. I'm sick of them fighting over which game to play. I'm just sick of it. I said, just turn it (laughs) off. And here's the thing. I said to them, I know you want to play. I know you want to play. So, um, you have to give me credit for knowing you. And and during a season where typically, you know, I let them, I'm letting them play. I said to them, listen, you have to ask me. But if I say no, a couple hours later, ask me, it's okay to ask me again, because Mm -hmm. this is important to you. And even though I'm aware of it, Your prayer, your asking, your petition is your engagement with my ability to answer and give you a yes. Mm. And just because I said no two hours ago doesn't mean two hours later when I'm giving you permission to ask me to play that two hours later, there won't be a yes. Your job is to ask. My job is to answer. But there are things about our day and about your life that you don't understand. And I understand sometimes that if I say yes at this time, it will distract you from something else that's coming in in the next time. And I've got to keep the runway clear. And I don't always have time to explain all that to you. Your job is to ask. My job is to answer. And your job is to trust that the same woman who bought you the doggone PS4 is not the <laughs> woman who all of a sudden is going to say, I'm going to throw it in the trash. I'm the woman who says I may have to manage it. We may have to work on the timing of it. We may have to prioritize some other things in your life. I may have to teach you how to how to, um, how to to be a person of integrity with what you're already supposed to be doing. But I already said yes. Your asking is additional tapping into my existing yes. And that's how we have to see prayer. Keep asking, but you have to trust him when he's saying no, that the no is still a yes. And it's about you and the bigger plan that he's at work in this world.
0: Yes. Yeah. You know, Crystal, I'm, I'm um, curious in that same vein, if you could talk to uh, our sisters at the table about how to wait on God. While in prayer, because that's something that uh, I think is a, a real struggle for for myself mm-hmm. and so many people. Right? We know the one of the fruits of the spirit is patience, right? <laughs> and, and God <laughs> is working that thing in us. And so I'm wondering if you could talk to our sisters about how do we wait on God? How do we learn to wait well when we are praying?
2: Well, I think that if you are focused on what God is not doing. If you are focused on how God is not answering, if you are not moving in all the ways you can move forward, even if there's one place you want to move forward and there's a locked door, you will be frustrated. You absolutely positively will be frustrated. And it doesn't mean that there's not low key frustration with the thing that you're waiting on God to Mm -hmm. do. However, you abate and alleviate so much of the frustration when you go where there are open doors one of the travesties, I think, of women who are waiting on God to bring them their spouse is that the whole time they're waiting, they're not moving. They're waiting because I want to do this with my husband or when I get married, I'm going to do this. And as a woman who's been married for 20 years, but was single for 10, I can tell you that I'm so glad that there are so many things that I did anyway. I was like, if he going to come, he's going to come. But if, while he's not here, I'm going to go on and live my life. I'm going to go on and do the things. And I think that yes to the things that I could move forward in do help to abate and alleviate, um, not totally sometimes, but a lot of your frustration. Acting as if God is moving—that's another thing. I don't want to be the kid who was a spoiled brat who was constantly throwing tantrums the whole time God was saying no or wait, because I don't want to have to gloriously flip, you know, flip the script. Uh, When God says yes, and then all of a sudden I'm so grateful and I'm so sorry I was whining and complaining and was doing, I I want when he gives me my yes, to be proud of the way I waited on him, that I actually believed that even though I couldn't see his hand, that his heart was for me and he was doing things with his invisible hand that I couldn't see. I want to be proud of the way that I waited. So that doesn't mean that there's not you know irritation that i have to wait that doesn't mean that there is not exasperation because it's taking a while that doesn't mean that i don't have questions but what it does mean is that there is a way to wait well do what you can do through the doors that are open act as if you believe that he's telling you the truth praise him as if you believe that he's going to come through and then when he does come through you will have developed as the believer that you can that you would have maximized the opportunity to develop your faith you will have maximized our, your opportunity to enjoy your the skin that you're in and the circumstances that he has provided and you won't have missed the lessons that he was trying to teach you in the wait the worst thing in the world is for the yes of god and the opportunity that those yeses provide to meet you and you're not prepared and very often the waiting is about other things that need to happen in you or in circumstances so that the opportunity for his yes is maximized. If you believe that he's working, if you believe that he's sovereign, if you believe that he's provident, and if you believe that he's for you, then what you do get to choose while you wait is how you wait and that you keep asking him and showing up. Now, this is where honest communication with God comes in. It doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that while you wait, you don't cry. It doesn't mean that you're not on the floor because that breakup hurt. It doesn't mean that you're not frustrated with what you're seeing in society and the length of time it's taken for the justice that you're working for to be effective. It doesn't mean that there's not pain in the wait. But what it does mean is that that pain in the wait doesn't define who who you are becoming. And God is always at work doing something. And the question always is, will you participate? And so that's my challenge, is to act as if God is doing something. And I'm saying that even right now in the waiting, because I, I, you know, I, I may not know what God was thinking, what he was doing when he took my mom. But I do think that in the waiting, whether it's five years, 10 years, 15 or 20, that in that waiting, that I don't want to look back and have wasted the waiting, wasted the time. Doesn't mean I don't ask questions, and it doesn't mean I don't, you know, have tears, and doesn't mean I'm not angry. But what it means is, like you said, Christina, I'm turning back to Him in the waiting, continuing to move forward in my faith while I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for
1: that. You know, Chris, I was wondering. We'll we'll have people listening um, to this this podcast, and they'll um, hear your story. They may be getting introduced to you, but many of them will already know who you are. And um, and there are many people I know who. Um, who love you, love your family or or, or strive to love your family. And I'm wondering if there are some specific prayer requests that you have that we could pray for you um, and that our listeners Mm -hmm. as well can join us in that prayer. Just one or two things, big or small on your heart and mind that we can also knock on the doors of heaven um, on your behalf regarding.
2: Thank you. Um, For 10 years, my husband has had a series of health challenges. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a stroke in 2010. Um, and over the years, all of those things have taken a toll on his body. Mm -hmm. Um, he has been a dialysis, dialysis patient for six years. So he's waiting on a kidney. So that is Mm -hmm. one specific thing that would have a domino effect of alleviating a lot of pressure and a lot of stress in our home. I'm very grateful that God has allowed us to continue to function. Um, not just during COVID-19, but throughout all of his, um, you know, all of his, uh, challenges and God has been really good to us in the opportunities that He's given to me because I was, you know, at home with kids, homeschooling. I mean, I wasn't trying to write, trying to speak, do any of this stuff, trying to, you know, build my right. own circle and all that. So God has been good. But of course, you know, nobody wants to be sick. And so um I would just ask that y'all would pray that he gets a kidney sooner than later.
0: Amen. Amen. Well yeah let's go to the Father. I would most definitely uh, do that. It's our honor to do that. Um, Father God, I just thank you so much for uh, my sister Crystal, Lord. I thank you, Father, for her husband, Ooh. Jesse, Lord. Uh, I just thank you for your keeping power, Lord, that uh, uh, through these years of dialysis, oh Lord, these health challenges, oh Lord, with a stroke, oh Lord, and then uh, uh, COVID-19, Lord, we thank you that you've been keeping him, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you have preserved his life, oh Lord uh there aren't many people that can say that with those pre-existing conditions can, that can say uh that they are here now Lord so I just thank you Father God that you've been keeping him that you've been strengthening him Lord and I just pray Father that you oh Lord would uh provide a kidney for him oh Lord That you, Father, would strengthen his body, O Lord. Um, That you, Father God, would just continue, Father God, um, uh, uh, to help him to thrive, O Lord, here, O Lord, so that he can um, continue to taste and see that the Lord is good, O Lord. I know in your word you say that your eyes roam to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking someone to show yourself strong to Lord so I pray that you would show yourself strong to Jesse oh Lord that your favor would uh, rest upon him oh Lord that there would be um, a, a donor match oh Lord for a kidney for him oh Lord so that he doesn't have to continue uh, with dialysis Lord I pray Father God that you would continue to strengthen um his health Lord I pray Father God that you would be with Crystal oh Lord um as it's 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 so hard um to uh to be concerned and, and worried. work uh, about your spouse's health oh lord while also caring for children lord i just pray that you would strengthen her oh pray holy ghost that you would hold her up oh god um build her up oh lord in her most holy faith oh lord um i pray father god that she would have safe places uh to land oh lord where she can just be where she can just grieve where she can just fall out um where she can feel safe to vent um even frustrations oh Lord. Uh, And I pray, oh God, that that your Holy Spirit would meet her in those moments and meet her in those times, oh Lord. I thank you, Father God, that tears are prayers, oh Lord, and that you bottle every single one of them and that you know what's behind every single tear, Lord. You know what's behind every single lament, Lord. And I just thank you, Father God, um, for the ways that you are showing yourself strong, showing yourself to be faithful, oh Lord God, uh, to Crystal and to Jesse and to uh, to her children and to her grandchildren, Lord. Um, I just pray that you would just continue, Father God, to be near to them, to cover them, Lord, as they are just going through a, a very difficult season, oh Lord, of grieving um, the loss of their, their, uh, their mother, Lois Evans, oh Lord, God, and, and the deaths of other family members. Will you be near? Will you comfort them, oh Lord? Will you give them um, um uh would you uh, uh warm their hearts, oh Lord, with the memories uh, uh of their loved ones, oh Lord? And and I pray, Father God, that those memories. Will be vivid, and that uh, it would just bring a burst of just joy in the midst of grief. Oh Lord God, that's the tension that we live in as Christians. Oh Lord, we are sorrowful yet rejoicing. Oh God, and I just pray, Father God, that 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 reality um, will be made evident and clear um, for Crystal and her entire family, Lord. So cover her and keep her, Lord, um, and and just continue, Father God, to let your uh, your favor. Uh, rest upon her and her household, Lord. I pray this all in the mighty matchless name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Amen, sis. Uh you know what? Before we go, uh I want you to uh this is your time to talk to our sisters at the table. Um let them know how they can follow your work, buy your book. Uh you have the you have the table. <laughs> I was gonna say you have the floor, <laughs> but you have the table. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you. Well, you know, my whole deal, like I said earlier, is just um, sharing what I'm lear- learning as I learn it. And I do that all over the place. You can find mm-hmm. out about anything I'm doing just simply by going to my website, CrystalEvansHurst.com. And the easiest way to keep up with me right below my picture, there's a spot to drop your email. And I send out a weekly email, but I'm everywhere on social media, YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook at CrystalHurst. And the topic that we've been talking about today, which is prayer, um, the 28-day prayer journey, that, that book that we were referring to, um, yes. it's actually um, available. And you can find out more about that Yay. specifically by going to crystalevanshurst.com forward slash pray.
0: There we go. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for taking a seat at the table uh, with us. This is, I believe, that this prayer resource is going to be a blessing uh, to the sisters at the table, uh, and just thank you for opening up your life uh, to us in this way. You know that 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 takes courage, and I know it's going to bless um, our sisters at the table. And of course, we want to thank our sisters for taking a seat at the table with us. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about Behind the Book, The 28 Prayer Journey with Crystal Evans Hurst using the hashtag Table. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TruceTable or email us your thoughts at askTruestable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on your favorite podcast player. Table has a Patreon account now so y'all can send your love offerings to patreon.com slash table or you can bless us at our paypal which is paypal.me slash truce table truce table is made possible in part by potisteria studios visit potisteria.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment our producer for the show is Joshua Heath our executive producer is Bo York and we have been your hosts Akemini, Michelle and Christina we'll see you soon on the next truce table bye y'all